Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. Time you run! And g'day guys, we are back here, Final Whistle, round eight, is it? No, round, no, round seven, sorry guys, round seven, I'm getting ahead of myself here, it's just exciting to have football back. Got Trev and Dale in the studio, and our special guest is Nathan Mutlina, the uh, general manager, or Peter Valandis 2.0, as we like to call him, of the uh, Penrith Junior Rugby League, so we'll get him on shortly. Um, Trev, how you been, mate? Yeah, pretty good, Fifey, can't complain. What about you, Dale? Yeah, loving life at the moment. Kicking back, it's all good. So, you know, yesterday you picked me up, mate. We went down and we uh, got our new sponsor on board, uh, Victor Sports Strapping. And, well, we can call them hygiene as well. They've got a lot of hygiene uh, products there. Mate, excited. Another another well-known rugby league brand. Um, jumping on board our little juggernaut that we're starting to build. Yeah, it was, it was awesome to meet David down there, um, runs a tight ship, uh, and they, obviously they do a lot for not just rugby league, but, uh, you know, uh, sports, you know, Australia-wide too, so uh, interesting character, but in, nonetheless is a, a top bloke, so that was, uh, that was the thing I took out of it. Yeah, and there's a couple of competitions that we're going to have out of that uh, straight up very shortly in the next uh, 48 hours, I'll, I'll, we'll drop the, the first one shortly. Uh just go straight into this, I guess. Warriors coach. Oh, really poor, I thought. Really poor. Given what the Warriors have been through to locate themselves in Australia, we saw Latrell Mitchell the other night, how much isolation is taking its toll on him. You know, players like Andrew Fafita speaking out. You know, the protocols are very strict. I would have thought a bit of leeway. And they've won two of their four games in, in Australia since they arrived over. So they haven't been a disaster Sure, they were flogged by the Rabbitohs the other night. Sure, they've had a few disappointing seasons. But only six months ago, they extended Kearney's contract by a couple of years. And suddenly, they've sacked him. And what about the chief executive yesterday saying, oh, no. Yeah, so that was uh, Courier Mail's uh, Braddock in, in response to a question put to him about Nathan, oh, not Nathan Cleary, um, Stephen Kearney. Trev, as he said, mate, six months ago, they, they upgraded him. Um, they've won 50% of their games since being back. Was it the right move to sack him? I think they should have waited till the end of the season to get rid of him, let him get through this year, because they all got the challenges of being away from home, being away from their families. Just keep them all together for the year. If anything, they should have got rid of him last year before they gave him the extension. Yeah. What about you, Dale? Uh, for me, I feel it's a, a, a gutless decision. Um, they obviously they took all the emotion out of it, but and whatnot. And I think the CEO they sacked him over a phone call. I feel I feel they could have been waited if they were going to do it. You know, let him you know spend that fourteen days in isolation, come across to Australia, and, and have the decency to tell him face to face. I feel that that's the thing that bugs me the most. And like Trev said, you know, they extended him last year for an extra two years. You know, with what he had to go through for his own family, for the how to get the players ready and prepared, getting them across to Australia, and actually you know making the the competition run. Again again whether they enter a would have you know gone with 15 teams and left the Warriors in New Zealand is another debate but yeah gutless decision by me yeah no like I agree with you there it was gutless they had the opportunity to get rid of him when they got rid of uh yeah, Nathan Kalis your Brian Smith's like his assistant coaches so they could have got rid of him then yeah no look, it's a million dollar payout really in, in terms of COVID when a lot of clubs are trying to save money to go and then go, oh, yeah, you, you're sacked. We'll do it by phone. 
We'll see how the players <coughs> respond this week. I suppose a lot of them have come out and said, you know, they feel they feel for him and and go from there and, and whatnot. So it's up to the players now to bounce back. It's it, the onus is on them. You know, they've got a rookie coach in there in Todd Payton. You know, he's been around the scenes. You know, he's played you know f- a few rugby league games as well. So we're interested in how how they jump on his board. I know he probably has a different you know philosophy and how he plays the game and, and whatnot. But you know, I feel they've got a tough ask up against Melbourne Storm as well first up. So you know, onus is on them. So they come out and they get beat by forty. What are you going to say? Too. Yeah, no, nah, look, where do they go from here? I, I, me personally, I believe Hook is is number one on, on their on their to get list. <coughs> if they want to go for a, a hard nosed coach who knows how to get the best out of his team, well you, you gotta look at Hook. You know, Hook's Hook's probably one of the only coaches who actually got hooked, so to speak, whilst in the top eight. So well, Penner finished fourth and he still got the sack, so Yeah, so look he he'd be number one on my radar if I was the Warriors. I, you know, I, I did. I did say in a radio interview that I put my hand up if I wanted, to, if they want someone that's got <laughs> absolutely nothing. But yeah, you know, other than other than general rugby league sense, I got nothing. But mate, I'll put me hand up the coach. I wouldn't mind coaching. <laughs> For me, I would go Jeff Tuvey. I feel he 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 knows how he won a premiership as a player. Did he win a premiership as a coach? I can't remember. Um, yeah, Phil did. But he knows what it's like to win games. He and the Warriors with all their fancy football and everything they play, they play. When they're on, they're on. But they just don't know how. Once they're in the trenches, they don't know how to get themselves out and grind away to a victory. So that that's where I'll go for me. What about you, Trev? Yeah, mate. At the moment, I just think uh, they just need some stability over there. They need a coach that actually wants to be at the Warriors, not just go over there, do get some good results, then come back to Australia. They need a coach who's going to be there for the long term. Yeah, no, exactly right. So uh, last round, guys, you know, uh, Beanie uh, for brain cancer. Yeah. Two point five five million, no crowds. Three point one million raised last year, so phenomenal effort there too, so to speak. With you know, no crowds, you know, yeah. only fallen six hundred grand short from last year. So yeah, so it was at IGA and at Lowe's. That's where you had to get them from, or online. So that's a good effort, Dale, mate. What is your simply the best moment, mate? Ah, Steve, I run over the top of Tedesco. You can't go past that for me. Yeah, I, th- I think that's mine too. I I have a different name for it. I call it the Fijian sidestep. Just run over the top. Trev, what's yours? Yeah, and my simply the best moment would have to be the manly defensive effort against Canberra. Yeah, on a on a good old goat track out there, you can see that games are being shifted from there. It it, it was inevitable. I I just thought, you know, Campbelltown. Had had a lot of traffic on that on that field, um, you know. We we said the same thing this this time, or well, around about this time last year, or maybe you know a month before in terms of SunCorp doing it for the Magic Ground, and whether or not it could hold up for the whole eight games. And for some reason, it did, and unfortunately, Campbelltown just couldn't. So games have been moved from there. Um, I dare say games will be moved from there uh, from uh, Gosford if 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 the same. Um, you know, blows up this week as well. So, Fifey, what's blowing your whistle this week? Mate, it, it comes, it's, it's nothing to do with the NRL. It's actually to do with the junior league ranks. I think and I feel that the parents are taking over this year. I don't feel that they have their kids' best interest in mind. Um, the post that we put up in terms of game times, you know, they were set down from New South Wales, which we'll get Nathan's 
version on them for uh, obviously for Penrith and whoever not they go ahead. And then you know the the new concussion rules and that. And the parents are commenting on the page and they're blowing up, going, "Oh, you know, just cancel the season. Oh, you know, you're not going to get momentum in, in in ten minutes football or international." Well, listen up, guys. It ain't about you. You're the parent on the sideline. You've got a parent there to cheer your kids on. Your kids couldn't give a rat's ass what kind of structure it is as long as they're out there kicking the ball around with their mates smashing the opp- opposition because that's what it's all about tackling hard on the opposition that's the only way you're going to win win groundage by smashing them so they don't want to run hard at you again so it's about the kids and I, I feel a lot of parents seem to forget about that and even more so this year in um in in terms of COVID and not actually wanting to you know do things this year so um yeah i understand what yeah you mean, so man. you know it's it's really it's really um hard and it's it's hard to to do anything really in COVID this year but you know and until you sit in the junior leagues bosses and uh you know seats and 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 do what they have to do don't don't criticize that's my rant this Yeah, way. no, definitely, mate. I, I totally agree with you there. I think uh, we still have the old story of parents living through their kids. And that, I think they should just sit back, relax, and just watch their kids play. I can't live through my kid. My kid's already better than me, and he's 13 years of age. In terms, in terms of my football, my footballing <laughs> career, he's better. This reminisce. No, I'll support my boy, as, and, and that's what a lot of parents should be doing, support and not trying to live their their short representative career or anything, you know, just get out there and let them have fun, especially in this year. They've been cooped up for three months, for God's sake. We'll move into the uh, review there, Notre Dameus. You want to review? Yeah, <laughs> review round six. So we'll start with the Thursday night game. Knights propped Daniel Saifidi was a one-man wrecking ball as the Knights dismantled a woeful Brisbane Broncos side 27-6. Uh, Patch... Patrick Cargan found himself on report in the cinema for a late cheap shot on Mitchell Moses. It was it also grew, drew heavy criticism to Channel Nine commentators, legendary halfbacks Peter Sterling and Andrew Johns, who both quoted, "It doesn't get any cheaper than that." Um, then obviously Pierce strolled over on the stroke of halftime to put exclamation mark on the full time, not half sorry, full time, uh, and put an exclamation mark on the big ring. Uh, thoughts on this? Everyone saying should have been a send off. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on the the tackle. Well, itself. I, I said this on radio when you asked me Saturday morning. I said it wasn't a, it wasn't a symbian, it was a send off. Don't care if there's any two minutes or three minutes left in the game. It had ample time for him to be able to pull up a chair, have a drink, and then continue to hit him. So it's a send-off. It's not a simbin. The, the the referees are absolutely scared to do a send-off. I want to see a send-off. There is a lot of grubby acts being done that, you know, deserve a send-off. Trev, your thoughts on the tackle, mate? Yeah, I thought it was a little bit late, to be honest with you all. Uh, there was enough time for him to pull out. But at the same time, when are we going to... I still love... Seeing halfbacks getting put under pressure, but in this instance, it was just a bit too late. Yeah, the ball had already gone twenty meters to the left before he got hit. So, you know, it's uh, I, 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 love pre- I love pre- I love pressure on halfbacks too. Yeah, but too. you, you but got at the same time. Right, let's go back. Right, if that happened twenty odd years ago, right, you would have had yeah, like Newcastle would have had Paul Harrigan or Tony Butterfield going up to him, put one on his chin. I'm not saying bring back the Biff, but if we still were allowed to have the Biff in the game. 
How many players will cut out the grubby axe? Oh, you know, Patrick Carrigan would have been laid flat out. Saifidi and Clemmer would have just T-boned him together. Simple as that. But, yep. you know... The re, you know they get rid of the they get rid of the punching because it doesn't look good on TV and 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 whatever else, and this is what we have we have grubby tactics and and a slap fest. Go over and play NHL. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the first game on Friday, Latrell Mitchell produced another superb uh, game from the fullback in the rate for the Rabbitohs' big forty to twenty win over the Warriors with injuries, errors, and bad luck bringing Steve Kearney's men unstruck. The turning point came at six all in the first half when the Warriors bombed two quick tries, then a second which was an intercept leading, uh, uh, which leading to Nickerim being sent to Simbin and South trolling on two tries before the, the break. Walker sliced over for a simple try in his hundredth game thanks to a nice ball from Damien Cook shortly after the break. The Warriors bombed yet another try as well as Hiku lost o- lost it over the line under pressure by Latrell Mitchell and Burns. They bombed their fourth try of the game when Carl Lawton fumbled, trying to uh, trying to uh, ground a clever Nicarima grubber before Johnson bagged his second in the seventh minute by a beautiful Walker chip kick. I didn't see much of this match, guys. I was at soccer, uh, but what was your thoughts on it? Mate, final whistle. That's gone for you. See you later. This is <laughs> <laughs> I'm just cheating up, mate. Yeah, no, mate. I, I'm, I was pretty glad to see Latrell uh, play some really great footy. He is improving each week. And I'm just really happy just to see him playing, to be honest, because at the end of the day, he's a good talent. He's a great player. Whatever is going on off the field, this is his escape. So, yeah, no, I'm, I was just really happy just to see him playing good footy. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good game. Um, as you said, the Warriors bombed a few tries. Um, Cody Walker will, will have it in his 100th game that he not only scored a try and set up a couple, he also got Sinbin in his 100th game. He spent 10 minutes on the sideline. Um, yeah, look, uh, the Latrell stuff, we don't we don't talk about off-field stuff there. Um, you know, Hannah Hollis was doing her job trying to get something out of Wayne Bennett, and Wayne Bennett was typical Wayne Bennett backing his players. No, definitely. Look, I'm still a firm believer that the change room is a sacred area for the players. Medi just needs to stay out of it. Like, I know... Last year when I was the media manager over at Blacktown Work at Seagulls, any time anyone from the media wanted to talk to the players, especially when we had guys like uh, Big Tony playing, coming back to play. No, sorry, guys. No interviews, no interviews. See you later. But the disappointing thing for me is that they won 40-12 to 12 and the troll played arguably his best game since being a Rabbitoh and all they wanted to know was why he was crying. Like, yeah. who gives a shit, man? Like, it is, you know, it, he's back to near top form. He probably he's not the back to his best as he was at the Roosters, but he's slowly getting there. Like, if the troll drops four bombs, it's all about why did he drop four bombs? He scores three tries. Like, say he scored three tries that night, it's like, why did he cry? What about his performance? That's what, that's yeah, what annoys that's me. That's what we need to talk about. Yeah, no, and what people got to remember is he actually won a, a 20s premiership. As a fullback. As a fullback, so, look. Even when they won the SG ball, he was the full fullback. As yeah, well. so, you know, people say, no, he's never played there. Well, go do a bit of research, you dumb nuts. Moving on, second game on Friday, Giant Panthers back rower Viliami Kikau fought off injury to score the match winning for his sides. 21-14th triumph over Melbourne on Friday night. The Panthers, who surrendered a 10-point lead before losing to Eels last week, found themselves in the same position a week later at Campbelltown Stadium, but much more resilient in character shown by Ivan's men. Nathan clearly slotted a 40-metre field goal to clutch the ice moment of the game. Thoughts on this, guys? Yeah. I actually saw this one. So bloody brilliant, <laughs> mate. Bloody brilliant. It was, no, it was off awesome. its head. No, it was a great game. Uh, for anyone who wants to say 
who's gone Betty Origin halfback. It has to be Nathan. You know, like I know everyone's talking about Mitchell Moses, but Mitchell Moses is playing in a good team, but his stats aren't really showing that he's playing good footy. Nathan Cleary comes back. He's not known as the Iceman for any other reason except for his calmness remaining. And for him doing that, Panthers going to win. Uh, but for Penrith, you know, they're going to get stronger from here. 100%. Going on to Mitchell, Mitchell Moses, everyone was saying that he should get the nod. But you, we'll, we'll get to their game in a minute. But for me, he, he missed three tackles for the, for the Roosters to score three tries. So, you know... It, it's not about how fancy you are, you know. New South Wales don't always win the ruck, and you look. Parramatta won the ruck. The forwards are on the front foot. Moses has that ex- extra couple of seconds to do his thing. In Origin, mate, you don't get that. So um, for me, you got to. Even though Cleary hasn't, you know, iced games for Origin, he hasn't missed a tackle. So that's why you got to have him in that in that line of defence. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we'll, we'll clarify what you said on the radio here. And Dale on the radio goes, oh. Viliam and kick out, you know, and getting taken off in the whatever minute. I said, yeah, but he came back on and scored the try. I said it was an awesome move by Ivan Cleary. What Give I him said, that seven minutes. What I said was <laughs> Melbourne Storm will come back into it in the second half, <laughs> and then he takes off his two starting second rollers at the probably the wrong time in the game. But then again, kick out comes on and scores that. But, you know what I mean, no one else wanted to contest him, so the rest is history from there. Ah, it's all good, mate. Viliam and kick out, crown prosecutor kick out, mate. Keep his hair, he's playing great footy with it too. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to remember back in 2003, we had the hair, bear, the hair brothers, you know, Nalaval and Pulatu, and now we've got um, Crown Prosecutor Kickow. <laughs> moving, on, <laughs> moving on, the first game of Saturday, the Dragons are given a war horse forward James Graham, another winning farewell present with a vital 20 to 8 victory over the Titans. Graham has announced that he will finish his NRL career and, and go across to St. Helens. Um, straight after the match, that was he was still unsure, but it is finalised now. We won't go too much into this game as Fifey calls it a whoopee cushion match. Yeah, it was a very good whoopee cushion match. Um, but yeah, big big um, props to James Graham coming out here playing 171 games. Eight hundred eighty six. Saw that NRL three sixty yesterday. Some shit. <laughs> he's played over four hundred games too. If you count his Super League too. Yeah, mate. He's a he's a great player. Yeah, but he got no fifteen thousand dollar ring. West Tigers piled on six tries to score an equal best halftime lead before staving off the fast finishing Cowboys to register 36 20. The stunning 34 nil scoreline at the break didn't reflect that much against the side that was from the Warriors back in 2004, going on to win 50-4. North Queensland ruled life uh, to life in the second stanza, scoring three quick tries in a seven-minute period, but then all that damage was done in the first half. We're going to go into this one, guys. Nah. Yeah, I just want to... I won't go too much into it, but I think what hurt the West Tigers was they did cop some crucial injuries uh, to some crucial players, which uh, played... which uh, made Maguire had to do some uh, changes... No, but overall, they did enough and they won the game. <coughs> it was a tale of two halves, really. Yeah. Luckily, luckily, the Tigers scored more points in the first half, otherwise they would have been in a bit of trouble. And that's they why they almost let it slip. Like, a couple of the bounces go Cowboys' way. It's a different story at, <coughs> you know, 36-26 with 10 to go, too. So ah, that's all right. we'll go from there. The streak is over. Parramatta near the... De- Defended their way into the blue and gold record books only for the Roosters to flex their premiership muscle in a brutal 24-10 victory. As the Eels chased their first 6-0 start to the season in almost 73 years, instead it was the back-to-back premiers with plenty of grit themselves recovering from the loss of Tedesco under the Fijian freight train Mikasivo um, coming away with the victory. Paramount will, will still have the lead on the NRL ladder, but the Roosters maintain premiership favourites showing exactly what it what it is the Eels need to do to get their premiership drought over. Yeah, no, nah, look, 
it was there, uh, there and back, very close until um, Marcus Sivo uh, ran over Tedesco. But um, look, that there kind of kicked uh, the the Roosters into gear, and then Jennings just compounded it by being blatantly offside in the referee's eyes. Uh, Just on Jennings, how good is he? You know, yeah, he's playing good. Well, you look at it—the two Morris boys and Jennings' age combined is well over a hundred years. I might be exaggerating there, but ninety-nine years old. Yeah, but they're—they're all—they're all they're all they're all um they're all yeah. fine. They're Cameron Smith as well. Yeah, they're all they're all fine wines. I, I, if I'm in the NRL and I want to do something, I'd I'd bring out a fine a, a fine wine or a or a vintage wine. Get in in with in the Hunter wineries and go look. We need a we need a Morris a Morris um a, you know rosé. We need a Jennings and then so we need a Smith. So we're going to bring back the testimonials. We could bring back the <laughs> testimonials, guys. Just uh, on that game though, like uh, when Tedesco went off, like me personally was. We're not going to lose much. Brett Morris will go back in the fullback. They showed their muscle why they were defending premiers. They scored straight away when they got the ball and they went and went for the field in their set of six. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I'd need to give Teddy some advice, I think he needs to go sort out uh, Ben Baker from East Campbelltown who stopped Micah in the 2016 Grand Super Final. Shield Grand <laughs> Final. Tackled yeah. him all day. Micah mate, had never been stopped before like that before. Well, so. I think, I think Rick, Victor Radley came out after the game and said Cooper Cronk who um, in an interview. I think that was actually two Cooper Cronk on Fox, and he also uh, he also wants um, Uncle Nick to sign up the Morris boys for a lifetime contract because they they can still play well into their forties. You oh, reckon they're playing awesome? Moving on the Sunday injury hit the Seagulls fly off with a gutsy win. Manly went down to fifteen men after the opening four minutes, and then they were only left with one on the bench after in the second half. Tom Tavoyevich tore his hamstring. Now Manly have won three of their. F- the last four games since the competition resumed. Um, I know you've got to, heaps to do with Manly down there, Trove. Um, you know, Tommy come out and said that he's, you know, he's worked on his hamstring over a while and it just keeps going on him. Yeah, mate, I, got, I, I don't know really too much about his injuries, but maybe that's the way they play. That's just how Des Hazel played guts or gutsy, and that's all you can put it down to. He's given them – the players don't want to disappoint him. That's how much respect they got for him. Yeah, well, you've you seen how, how it is when an outsider comes into Manly to try and coach, it doesn't work. So, you know, for some reason, Des and, Des and, Man, Des Des and, and Manly Des, work. Des and, Des and Donnie Singe, mate, are two of the best going around. Final game of the round was the Bulldogs up against the Sharks. So Another Katol- be cushion match, Dale. Katola <laughs> scored a hat trick, and obviously the Sharks won twenty to eighteen. But it was it was some controversy there because the dogs should have been back in it with you know the bunker, you know doing their part. But you know um, nothing else you can do about that. But that's it, guys. Player of the week, team of the week. Um, Daniel Safedi is the player of the week. Uh, can't go past Safedi or the Morris boys. Too, or too close for me. Yeah, I'm biased. I'll go Daniel Safidi. <laughs> yeah, just, just on that, how, how good's Jacob playing? Off the bench, yeah, too. It's going great. Uh, he, he played less minutes than um, than his brother. No, they played the exact same. I oh, that's right, yeah. 51 minutes apiece. We made more tackles and stuff, too. But, you know, remember when they picked Safidi last year for Origin, it was like, who the fuck is he? And then, you know, it's been the best thing for him. You know what I mean? Like, he's just kicked uh, off and kicked d- off kicked d- off. David Clemmer, David Clemmer has to be the reason behind it. Yeah, without so, a doubt. Yeah. My team of the round has to be Penrith to beat Melbourne, who, uh, you know, every year they come in and 
you have half the critics say, yeah, they're going to fall off the bubble this year. And the other half of the critics go, no, 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 they're top four. They're, they're going to be there. So for, for Penrith to do that, bloody great. Yeah, for me too, Panthers, even though I like to give them a lot of stick because I've got a lot of Panther fans, but <laughs> Nathan Cleary has changed my mind over the recent time sort of thing. So that that's it for me. And uh, for me, I just have to go with my simply the best moment for the weekend. And I was manly, so manly team of the week. Yeah, no, nah, beautiful. We'll be back. All right, we're back, you guys. Um, a couple of the boys had to go and chuck a quick uh, water of uh, the garden here in the backyard podcast studio. So that's the reason why we were quickly, abruptly uh, finished there. But as we said at the top of the show, we got the uh, Peter Valandis 2.0 of the Junior League. He loves it. He's loving it. So we got Nathan here. How are you, mate? Yeah, good day, guys. No, I... I I don't love it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice compliment. But no, we're, we're we're just here for the kids to get them back on the park. And if it means there's a reference to Valandis, well, I'll, I'll take it. But uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're all doing the right thing for the kids. Imagine when the kid when the kid comes up to you goes, "Are you Valandis 2.0? <laughs> 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 you um, so, hey, since the last time that we spoke, and obviously, you know, most of the people out there realised that we did do one. Couple of weeks ago, yeah, yeah, and a lot of things have changed. Uh, we're in, we're out, we're in, we're back in now with with the Sunday stuff. It was a bit of a, a topsy turvy thing. Uh, the last thing last we heard was it was put back onto the clubs. The onus was put back onto the clubs to nominate teams to enter the Sunday comp. So, yeah. tell us how it's all been. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I think um, it's a credit to the twenty four clubs, and, and let me start by saying that twenty four clubs are actually back in the competition, which is really, really exciting. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's awesome. The workers to the Bears, um, you know, the – yeah, absolutely, yeah. Big congratulations to those those 24 clubs. Um, and, and the biggest thing that we found whilst, you know, COVID was in play, so to say, you know, with some still spikes around, um, the the in-depth, uh, I think as you may have called it, the, the thesaurus – uh, document. Yeah, the thesaurus uh, of New South Wales Rugby League, yep. That's right, which, um, you know, provided a lot of content that clubs didn't know whether they could actually achieve, let alone be, um, um, you know, have health and safety of their volunteers and their members that are 60, 65, 70 years of age um, in their full protective care. Um, and then it came down to, you know, who was going to actually service all of these requirements? Do they have the volunteers? So we actually had 12 clubs um, that weren't able to, for, for great reasons, fulfil the particular season for their members. Um, so technically, 12 clubs equated to 312 teams. You didn't have a competition. Yeah. So the beauty of it was once we, we revised that particular COVID plan, into rugby league language, because yep. uh, in my view, you know, it was written for an astronaut to land on the moon. Um, we put it down into rugby league terms. Uh, we provided strategy around that to engage with our clubs to be able to say, 
well, how about if we can reduce the risk, reduce the time, reduce the, the, the effort, um, let's go and play Saturday football. Yeah. So that was an opportunity to engage with those 12 clubs to come back in. From there, obviously, there was a bit of commentary around, well, why can't we play 16s? Why can't we play 17s? You know, C grade, some senior open footy. Um, not a problem. But 12 days ago, you didn't have a competition. Yeah. So the key was, let's go back to the clubs who couldn't necessarily fulfil the full requirement after the new education and the review of the COVID plan. Yeah. Does this now feel as though you can fulfil that requirement? Get your members back on the park. And guess what? We got back on the park. No, We're playing 19s, awesome. uh, 16s, 17s on, on a Sunday. And we've now given the opportunity for the under-18s uh, <coughs> girls, yep. uh, the open female and the open male competitions to join the New South Wales Conference competitions purely based on there wasn't enough requirement um, that was submitted from a nomination point of view yep. at some of those ages, but most importantly, the fairness and equality across the, the, the age groups that actually did have enough teams. It, it was a welfare issue, and hence the reason why if you go into a conference competition, you can nominate gold, silver, bronze, and yep. actually come up against people of equal quality and talent across the park rather than say, someone like a, a Minchinbury that might get the, the Luke Perus and the Tavita Piacanas and the Dylan Whites that have played Flegg, you know, Canterbury Cup, come back and play possibly against the Londonderry or, you know, a Penrith Waratahs that, you know, they're there with their mates, they go to the pub, they have a beer, they mightn't have trained for a while. These guys are coming out of pre-seasons with NRL. Yeah, no, so, so. And, and that was probably the biggest thing that people couldn't understand. Is that you had Division One teams up. and Division Two teams and Division Three yeah. teams all wanting to play A grade and good honour for playing wanting wanting to play, absolutely. But and we need to protect their welfare. Yeah, well, you and, you, and our brand is important. You don't want to walk um, into you don't want to walk into a competition going, all right, it's going to be these two teams that are going to be in the grand final, no matter how how hard we we absolutely. you know we go and and you say you know rugby league it's it's topsy turvy and every result unknown, but. Looking on the outside in, and you know, obviously realizing that certain players are going to be at certain clubs, yeah. it was yeah, as you said, it was a welfare problem. Yeah, and, and the beauty was we're able to put them into New South Wales conference competitions. Hopefully, that gets off the ground because they're looking for expressions of interest at the moment, yeah. and they're going to get to play home games in Penrith, which is great. So um, we've we've been able to work with the clubs really closely. Um, we've been able to get every back on the par- everyone back on the park, and most importantly. 24 clubs. When so. you put that uh, thesaurus into rugby league <laughs> terms, <laughs> did the clubs go, yeah, that makes sense, and it was a, it looked like a dramatic turnaround, but what, did they go, when you put it into those terms, we're back, or was it like, nah, we're still not going to be back because you can't cop those, you know, those requirements, or was it like a learning curve for them and for everyone and to be like, that makes sense now? Yeah, not only a learning curve, but the... One of the biggest components was the accountability and responsibility of those volunteers. You know, would they be in a position to be fined by council or local law enforcement? Um, what if someone caught COVID um, at their particular venue, if there was still a spike around, um, would they be considered responsible for not carrying out the COVID plan? And if someone, touch wood, you know, uh, fell seriously ill, how would those individuals feel? So very, very valid points. And because we've had a reduction, obviously, in, in cases and infections, um, because we've put it into layman's terms, they've seen that, you know what, let's go and try this. Let's, let's go and see if this is actually achievable. Let's work with our club members. Let's get more volunteers on board. 
that's what they've gone and done and they've executed superbly. And just on that, sorry, Trev, just on that, who gets the blame if someone what's the chain what's the chain of responsibility mm-hmm. if someone does happen to catch COVID at a ground? Like the first point of call is obviously gonna be that club that there. Uh, in terms of had they done everything on their checklist, had they ticked everything, every box that they put in their COVID plan uh, in order to that, That's right. Be there clear. is no responsibility on any individual if their COVID plan has been followed. Now, the beauty of the COVID plan being followed is it actually has to be signed off by the New South Wales Rugby League and also the local, local council. council. Yeah. So the beauty of it is they had, they've had to have got both approvals from both governing bodies... From there, they've gone and done that. So as long as they execute that at their fields, there is no accountability or responsibility in relation to some serious factors if someone was uh, to be infected. And and today, that's what I was going to touch on. And today, if I was a council ranger and I went down to the ground, and I just say, for example, I turned up to Glenmore Park, Mm. they've got all their signage, they've got their sanitizers out, they've got everything in place that they're meant to, but people still aren't listening to them. When the day, that's people not listening and following the guides. So they're, they're going to be the ones who cop the fine, not the clubs. But if I rock up, I don't see the hand sanitizers, I don't see the signage, I don't see things being followed that they're meant to be followed. Well, then they're going to get in trouble there. Is that right, Nath? Yeah, that's right. Um, and and like you said, if as long as they're following their, their COVID plan, which has been approved by local councils and also the New South Wales Rugby League, um, there, there is nothing to fear. And, and the biggest thing is this... The, the volunteers are not law enforcers, okay? No, that's right. This is purely like any restaurant, like any um, supermarket. It is all about the education and the guidance of what social distancing and new protocols in society are all about. You're not there to be a copper. No. It's purely, can you please keep your 1.5? If they don't, you've taken basically the accountability and responsibility out of your hands and you've now left it in those individuals because you've followed your guidelines. Just yeah. like uh, the ground manager wearing the vest. <laughs> Absolutely. When, you know, there's a spectator that says, um, hey, ref, ref, pull your head in or you're kidding with those those bloody rules. We've had a few uh, extra expletives uh, I'm sure thrown you've had in a, there. A few thrown at <laughs> I've had them plenty thrown at me, especially <laughs> you know, with, a, especially with the, the mission team. comes around and says, uh, excuse me, can you keep that down, please? No different. All of a sudden... Next time comes around, okay, we're going to ask you to leave. Um, you haven't followed our protocol. We find that that's a, of a serious nature. Um, no further game will continue until you leave the ground. Ground managers used to love nature. me as a referee because they never had to uh, officiate too much on the crowd because if the crowd gave me a thing, I'd just turn around and go, you want to you want a ref? Here's the whistle. Come over, ref. They go. shut up pretty quickly. <laughs> um, mate, just a, a few things have come through. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, naturally, we know grand finalist and the premiers, they go up a division sure. uh, at the end of the year. Obviously, that would be still the same. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. What's going to happen to the teams that finish last or second last and have been affected with their teams in terms of players not wanting to come back or parents not wanting their players to come back due to COVID? Are teams that finish on the bottom, are they going to be allowed to nominate that same division next year knowing that say two of their good players that sat out this year are going to be back or will they drop and then obviously mercy that second that that next division down no matter what division it may be yeah look we'll have a conference at the end of the year as we always do and and whether covid's in play or not uh it's the same circumstance every year we look at team lists um, we look at the nominations 
uh, that they put through and obviously if those two teams go up a division, however they have lost respective players, um, like this year for example, um, we go and assess that as a board to ensure that, okay, well, these 13 players are currently not in this new nominated team. Yep. They're now down to only three of that grand final team. Let's do a bit of history. Let's do a bit of research and see if the, the validation of their claim of possibly staying in second or a lower division is worthy of that. So, no, whether it's COVID times or not COVID times, all those same rules apply and the assessment through the board will be taken in due course. But also, you were saying like you did the research and that, which is really good. Mm. Uh, just say, for example, if I was, say, uh, coaching doing side under 13 ones, we were playing Division One footy, we came last, but the results, like we weren't getting fogged, but the score, our games were always tight. Is that something that you guys look at? Absolutely. Yeah, not only from um, the player's point of view, but your statistics and your results absolutely come into play. You've also got to look at the competition that's also been nominated. Um, what, if, what if it was six different teams? You know, it wasn't, um, you know, St Mary, St Clair's, the Brothers, the Glenmore Parks. Um, what if it was, you know, six other clubs that nominated? So you've got to take, you know, there's many moving cogs within it. Um, but as I say, I think nine times out of ten, we, we not only get it right, uh, you do see fair and equitable competitions, yeah. No, definitely. What about, um? so in the past we haven't really had a draw release, so to speak. Will there be a draw release like in terms of teams and what, what divisions so that people can kind of figure out where they're, where they're going this year in terms of who they're versing and will a draw be announced so that... um. As a major announcement or breaking news, um, will it, will it, will it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just who wins the twenty bucks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, donation to the final whistle. <laughs> um, yeah, so would that be announced at a, at a given time, or would it be given to like club secretaries, and then it's up to the club secretary to hand out which way you're going to go with it? Yeah, breaking news. <laughs> we, we, we have a brand new software system nice. um, in the junior league office. And, and to be fair, it is breaking news. What we'll be able to do from this year moving forward for every other year, these club secretaries a week before round one will have the full competition in their hand, home and away series, right through the competition for every division. Um, this software package that we've got, that we've invested in, is, is not only a, a, a brand-new revolutionary tool that we'll be able to make uh, amendments on the run where we need to if there's emergency situations that happen. Yep. But like you mentioned, the beauty of it is before round one, every parent, every family, every kid will know who they're playing, where they're playing, and at what time every week for the season to plan. So when the family holidays come up, they know where to go. When the buyers are in place, they know what they can do. That's and awesome. No, but not other than that, you got you know co-parents as well. So one week they're there, one week they're here sort of thing. So at least they'll be like, oh, these are my... You know, eight fortnights or whatever, so to speak. These, this is where I got to go to. So, so it's transparent across the whole, of the whole of junior rugby league. So that's great. So final nominations uh, are for July eight. Yep. Um, that's where everything will be finalised, uh, which is ten days before the competition. That's on a Wednesday. By Friday, that full draw will be completed from everything from um, obviously nineteens down to under sixes. Yeah, because before that, just with the game times, like. Tell me if I'm wrong, Nate. Like the clubs would used to get the draw, then they would have to organise the times between themselves. Yeah, th this is true. Um, a lot of time taken out of the volunteers and so forth. Um, I can't stress enough how much work's gone into this software package by um, an individual that will remain nameless at the present time. Uh, but her services 
um, are not only second to none. She's an absolute whiz in um, in computer technology and what she's been able to produce from a fairness and a quality point of view right across the board, which um, probably half the clubs have seen at the moment because I'm working through the process of showing them this system, um, have not had one complaint thus far. Um, and the ease of the draw being done in a matter of six to eight hours for a full competition across 600 teams, uh, we, we can't be happy with the way Penrith's going to be suited moving forward. Now that's awesome. Mate, you love your breaking news, and we, we, we laugh at it, but it's it's good that yeah. it's being transparent. You have an exclusive for us now. I'll give a bit of a background. I came to you up in Penrith well, at the start of COVID, yep. and we're talking about other other topics, and you know, I came across grand finals and how I believe grand finals should be. Um, obviously, you know, spending a year over at Para, and you said, "Oh, that's a good idea." Um, can you shed any more light and give an exclusive right here, right now, on how our grand final day experiences will be from twenty twenty onwards? Yeah, I know you're big about the shield. <laughs> yes, we've had a lot of. Inquiries about the Shields as well, to be fair. Um, the nostalgia that's behind it, the history, you know, from a, a rugby league perspective especially, but also the district. Yeah. Um, to be able to look... It's yeah. been known to breed some, some good Shield. Yes. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Now, to, be able to, to, <laughs> so, be able to, to be able to look there and go, oh, look, that 1959, the Black of Bears one, or, you know, stuff like that, and you're going... So, yeah, we've got, we've got motions in play that this could be a, a, a huge option for us. Um, I've got a couple of demos that I've already been given to, to have a look at and yep. obviously throw to our board to um, try and bring some of that uh, that nostalgia to our league and I think the professionalism of what it does for those teams that happen to win competitions and where they can go and hang them and whatnot. It's not just a, you know, little $30 trophy that that's plastic and gets uh, possibly dumped on a fire at a at a bonfire after <laughs> a grand final, Prezo. Um, yeah. No, nah, this is something that uh, will be pretty cool if it comes off. Yeah, no, it'll be great, man. Like, with the Shields, like, I know, for example, uh, back in 2004, I was part of a team that – coached a team that won the grand final, mm-hmm. the Shield. The boys look going back, looking over all the clubs that won. And at the time, these boys were only 12 years old. And they go, Trev, who's the Triggy Foxes? <laughs> yeah, right, okay. You know, so obviously that Whale, Whale and Warriors, Whale and Warriors, Leftridge Park, like Bidwell, and there's a lot of them. I remember playing the West Man Drill Raiders. Yeah, the so, old camera colours. Yeah, mate, so that, that's what I mean, mate. So when I explain to them, so that's a, a good thing about when you win the Shield and you see all the previous winners, it's pretty good. And even when you see the NRL, you know, it ties in with them, with the JJ Giltman. Yep, that's right. Um, they get to see this huge shield on on display after what they've done and achieved within a season, and it's something that um, that hopefully our kids will get to enjoy as well. Talking about the shield, will they be able to hold it up at Penrith Stadium this year in grand final? Absolutely, they will. <laughs> um, <laughs> Panther Stadium is is confirmed for uh, the eighteenth and nineteenth of, um, so of September that, when that our grand the, finals are. They've won. Um, yeah, we, as, when I say it's confirmed, definitely for the Sunday sides at the present time. Uh, we're just working through the motions to see if we can get it for the Saturday as well, but it is on the table. Um, so we're, we're we're hopeful that that'll be right because the Cowboys play the Panthers up, up in Townsville, up in Townsville that, weekend. that weekend. So nice. it's going to be a nice little two three week turnaround if um, games happen to be back at Panthers Stadium. Yeah, round eight, round eight, it's happening. It is. Okay, yeah, round so eight, round eight, it's happening. But at least Junior League 
that weekend, uh, the, the Panthers Stadium will be roaring with uh, plenty of our teams. So, so that'll be for like the, the Div 1s and the Div 2s will obviously be Div 3 and that elsewhere, or what are we looking at for them at the Oh, moment? look, you know, in my view, and, and same with the board, we're, we're of the view that when you, you make the big dance, you, you play at the big stadiums. Um, it's, it's not about... You know, ha- having anything against any other grounds, but the, the kids want to play on the best surfaces with with the big crowds. So, um, so it's yeah, it's important that we play those big grounds too. So they, so they get a feeling and experience of what yeah grand final days are hundred percent no, and and you you've been really good with the experience like the sixes, although they haven't been able to. Well, mm. they might be still out of it. The sevens and the eights, you know, being able to go on the pen Although this year it's a bit. Up in the air, but those experiences are naturally in place for 2021, 2022, and onwards. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, lap of honour? Look, if, if it's an opportunity <laughs> for those kids to do it, go for your life. Um, <laughs> awesome. Not that there may be, you know, crowds around the other side because it's always, you know, half a grandstand. Yeah, yeah. Stadium. But um, hey, look, go for your life if you can get around there. And um, oh, even even if even if you even if you get them you know, to go from. One trial on where the, where the crowd is to the other yeah, and yeah. where it is, just so that they get that feeling, you know, and then the parents can obviously take photos and whatever else. That's right. It's an experience. It's disappointing that Panthers play Cowboys up there. That could a few a few of the boys could have come down and saw stuff. So maybe they might fly in and be out there on Sunday. Well, touch wood, there's not too many injuries with the Panthers, but I'm sure if there's a, a couple out of the bubble. Um, and if not, um, the, the injured players might be able to come out. Oh, there's there's plenty of Canterbury Cup players <laughs> laying around at the moment, isn't there? Well, who knows? They might be playing for <coughs> Lower Mountains, Minchinbury, you know. That's right. Quakers Hill, Penafuritas. <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to see what's, what's nominated. But um, it's great that, you know, at least there'll be some sides that will be able to take the field <coughs> in those open men's comps. So as we've obviously gotten in the, in the first 20 minutes here, mate, is your passion for rugby league is second to none. Now... Growing up, did you play? And were you any good? Yeah, I did play. Um, I don't know how well, but uh, I, I definitely couldn't tackle, that's for sure. <laughs> um, it's, uh, no, no I, th- I appreciate that. I, I do have a, a massive passion for it. And um, the, the key for me is growing up, I grew up in a rugby league family. You know, I had a grandfather that was a, an international referee, um, did a lot of touch judges, uh, touch judging for first grade as well. And, um, both, you know, Dad and uh, the grandfather played for the Roosters and, and the Rabbits um, in the lower grades. And obviously my brother uh, captained the 2006 Jersey Fleet Panthers um, grand final winning side. So, um, yeah, I was the only one to miss out. <laughs> um, uh, JJ was good though, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he was a captain of that side and um, very stern. They used to call him Crowbar, so he obviously had a, yep. a bit of punch about him. But um, no, in eighth year, I'd, I'd probably... <laughs> like it myself to um, maybe coming off the bench and kicking a couple of goals rather than being out there tackling. But I love the game. Hey, just uh, well, I just want to use a, an example that Pele used when he wanted to describe South American football to European football. So he goes, when God created football, he put all the good players in South America and all the, and all the best administrators in Europe. So you got the administrative side of things in the family. <laughs> playing, is that right? Is oh, that fair look. to say? Oh, you, you may say that. I don't know if your fans will, but uh, we're, 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 we're going to give it a good crack. Anyway. Yeah, well you, do, you, do, you do cost them a stick, but that's a part and parcel of the job, isn't it? Oh, it is, mate. You know, and if you, if you can't if you can't cop that, you, you you shouldn't be in the game because you know the the amount of stuff that that does go on. It's and it's not it's not the the spectators or the fans' fault. Um, a lot of them aren't you know necessarily privy or 
or educated in the in the fact of, of what meetings that we have go on with their clubs and so forth. Um, but the door's always open. Uh, info at panthersjuniors.com.au. Come straight to myself. Um, feel free to send it through and we'll give you a straight answer. There's, there's nothing that we're going to hide. There's, there's transparency right through this competition, uh, right through our clubs as well. And um, at the end of the day, if, if you need a, a question answered, then, then send it through. But uh, there's nothing that we're not going to do to make sure that our members and our participants are going to be fully informed of everything that we do. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I'm pretty big on uh, to the parents who are listening to the podcast, tell your friends, tell the other parents, go to your club monthly meetings. This week you're going to find information. And that Because if you don't go to these meetings, then when something does get released, you're going to be up in air about it. And then you're going to blame the man sitting next to me when, in fact, he's con- he's been in contact with the members to your representative of your clubs. So go to your club meetings, bring questions up so they can bring it to him. Yeah. Without a doubt. So who do you support growing up, mate, and who was your idols? Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was a Panther fan growing up. Um, big fan of Greg Alexander. He was my, uh, my idol growing up. Um, I... Funnily enough, I was actually in a board meeting today where Greg sat right beside me, so <laughs> I was a bit in awe of the fact. I thought, you know, do I say good day to him and reach out for an autograph, or I just do my board report and get out of there? So <laughs> I, took the, I took the latter option because, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, uh, a monumental moment. I've never necessarily met him before, so it was it was pretty cool. But yeah, he's a legend. But I was a Panther fan through and through. Yeah. So you had the old Scanlon's card. With Greg Alexander ready to sign it, <laughs> I, I did. I uh, had the bubble gum in my mouth. You know? <laughs> it was all ready to go, but yeah, no, probably inappropriate that. Well, um, Chocolate Soldiers jersey in in the back. Yeah, three or four of them. I <laughs> uh, had a big Dada one for for ninety one as well. And we'll, we'll um, send we'll send this to Mark Guy, so then you can send it to Brandy, and Brandy can have a listen to the chuckle. And then yeah, next time you might be just doing the whole uh, exactly hiding <laughs> under the sunnies <laughs> and, and say hello to to to, uh, to MG too because he. He absolutely flogged me two years ago on uh, on his Triple M show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, uh, you know his Come On Man segment? Yeah, yeah, Come On Man. Absolutely flogged me. What did he flog you for? What did, what did you do wrong in, to get in MG's bad books for starters? Oh, well, first and foremost, it was uh, <laughs> uh, the, the wrong education of that Nathan was going to go out and find a five-year-old. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I remember. The, I remember this. <laughs> I, I remember that. It was when yeah. you, you were over at Canterbury. Yeah, well, oh, not, oh, I remember this one. Not, yeah, yeah. Not, not long, you were not long in the job. I was ten days in the job. Ten days in the job. <laughs> I remember it clear as day. That's right. Yeah, I remember so. that. I, I, like, yeah. like we won't mention any clubs that were involved, but I remember the situation. No, it was a good learning experience. And at the end of the day, I'd, uh, <coughs> I'd never find a parent or find a kid for wearing the the wrong socks. Oh, I would have um, just I would have just put my kid out in blue and pink socks. Better, but it was funny see. when you know page three turns up on the paper <laughs> and Mum's crying down the phone. Saying, what are you doing on page three? What are you charging five-year-olds for wearing the wrong socks? I said, what? Yeah. We're not doing that at all. But um, You're like, come on, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, next minute I turn on the telly and, and here I am on Koshi and then Carl Stefanovic. And, and then I had everyone call me. But um, no, good experience. Ten days in at the doggies. That's good. Um, best player in the game at the moment, and there's a, there's a lot of them. Yeah, I... Um, I... I, I like effort, people. Uh, I, I don't uh, necessarily the fancy uh, stuff. You want the one percent fancy in. stuff. Yeah. Um, as much as it's great to see, but when, when you look at efforts and second efforts and efforts off the footy, um, and yeah, I've, I've had a bit of a 
um, a relationship, you know, with, with Nathan Cleary growing up through the grades, you know, when he was 13, 14, coming through Harold Matthews, um, and just him as a person. Um, he's not only a wonderful person on the field, he's actually a better one off it. Um, and, and having the, the likes of him and what his efforts are, and like you mentioned earlier, where about icing games and the temperament that he's got, um, I'd love to see that in all junior players, you know. So, But people like Tao Malolo, he's got a bit of flair about him, but, geez, he sticks to his job and he does it really well. And then you've got the Caelan Pongers. That's, there's a lot of flair there, but I tell you what, it's, it's consistent, isn't it? So, um, But, no, there's, all the players are great. If you're playing this game, I tell you what, you've got to be tough. And that's why I'm not playing it because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't tackling that stuff. That's why you're up top making <laughs> making, making the 2.0 um, Valandis calls. As we know, you're the Penrith Junior General Manager. Um, what does the day in life look like you, uh, you know, away from COVID? So take COVID out of it. So what does it look like for you, um, you know, Monday to Friday sort of thing? Yeah, sure. Um, I suppose there's three different seasons in a rugby league season. Um, you know, you've got your off-season, you've got your in-season where everything's kind of completed. And then you've got your pre-season, which is the most difficult, and obviously working with those volunteers, so uh, getting those registrations and transfers and everything done. But the day in the life is, you know, turn up at 8 o'clock, um, check coffee. out, the, yeah, check out the, the coffee at Gloria Jeans, uh, myself and Ian Robinson, uh, a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, he, and just to touch on him just quickly, if you don't know Ian Robinson, he's uh, 70 years of age. Um, seen it all Life member Seen it all um, Former chairman Former CEO Of the junior league as well um, he, He's my My guiding light At the present time And everything that I bounce off him With his education And knowledge And relationship Within the district Is, is paramount To what we're achieving At the present time So um, Starting off Every morning uh, And he doesn't get paid With a coffee uh, Down at Gloria Jeans And he's in there Five days a week Working Six, seven, eight hours a day um, He's a wonderful individual. So being able to be, you know, guided and learn from him is great. Then we move into the emails and we, we understand exactly what's coming overnight. And if not, there's a lot from your posts that come through. <laughs> um, Mate, we're on the ball. So, you know, I'm usually answering and either putting out fires or, you know, confirming uh, innuendo and rumour. Um, and then it, and it moves into the clubs, you know. We, you know, our club's executives are phenomenal and dealing with them day in, day out, especially through COVID and what they've had to go through, I, I tell you, I'm in a privileged position. I, I, um, I'm I, very humbled to be able to have the relationships that I have with all the 24 clubs um, and to be able to work with them with what they're going through and to be able to assist them. Mate, I'm, I'm privileged to be in the seat that I am every day that I, I turn up. We don't we don't have too many fires nowadays, do we? <laughs> we're, generally, we're generally across the board and... and, and Generally, it's confirming stuff that we post now. <laughs> yeah, no, there's never any fires. And like you say, you know, unless you get the facts from the horse's mouth, then, you know, it leads everybody up a, a different path at times. Um, but there's nothing that we can't answer and be transparent even, with. Even 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 getting the, the, the word from the horse's mouth still sends people up the wrong way. <laughs> you only have to watch some of the comments. That they, it depends they, how they interpret doesn't it? But, um, well, everyone interprets and again, it comes back to, as I said earlier, if they, go, if they go to their club meetings, they will have a better understanding. Yeah. But there's no fires. It's purely we're, we're getting on with the season. We're three weeks away. 24 clubs are excited. We're excited. Um, draw is going to be out shortly. And, hey, 18 July can't come quick enough. Yeah, we, we, we have the lucky privilege to be on radio on the Saturday, so we count down. So it's 21 days this Saturday wow. to, to the start of our competition, which we're getting really excited. There's a spot open in the NRL, Gen, uh, CEO. You putting your hand up for it? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know, it, it doesn't cross my mind uh, at all. Um, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, about my passion and whatnot, and, and thank you for that. It's Yeah, that's humbling to hear. But for me, and I touched on Nathan Cleary as well from a development perspective, I love... I love everything about grassroots. It's really, it's un- unpredictable. Yeah, those light bulb moments that you see these kids go through, whether it's the under six kid that has never had a run that just wants to punch on with a with a corner post or a goal post pad, um, to then actually having their first run or, or that girl scoring their first try. Um, and then when they move through those development ranks and you, you see them as they progress with a different technique or a different challenge and under pressure, Mate, for me, and, and that's what all these parents are about out there as well, mate. They they want to see their kids succeed and th- these coaches want to get as much education in them as possible and being able to nurture that and be supportive of that, man, there's there's nothing better, truly. It's If you did get the opportunity and obviously Volandi's 1.0 knocked on the door, <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you change uh, about the NRL like, to better, to better the game, in your opinion? Well, if, if Landy's 1.0 knocks on the door, you don't say no by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get on board. Uh, yes, yes, sir. No problem. Um, what, what would I change? Um, oh, geez, that's a tough question. I, look, I don't think there's there's much that you, you need to change. I, I just think probably more that education um, and, and that communication out to the, the fans and the general public. So, you know, they're, they're more educated in what bigger strategic measures there are in the game that are, are going to come in or um, are actually going to move forward with. I, I think uh, if, if people were more understanding of the direction that they're going, I, you know, there'd be a lot more positive commentary around rugby league. So I think um, from that perspective, if there was one thing that I'd change, it's probably... Maybe a bit more transparency and communication, yeah. No, yeah. Panthers can never lose. Unlimited salary cap space for Panthers only. It, it, it'd be nice, but, uh, you know, it, it'll all look a bit sus if we didn't lose a couple of games. <laughs> uh, so getting back into uh, the Penrith district. Yeah. Two-part question. Are we saturated in one area with clubs and with the growing... Houses out at like Cadden's and out the back here at Vineyard and McGrath's Hill. Marsden Park. Marsden Park. Do we look at putting a couple of extra clubs in those areas and 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 what would your strategic outlay be in order to make sure that the clubs that are coming in aren't impeding on the clubs that are already out there? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't think we're saturated in clubs. I think um, we probably lack saturation in volunteers yeah. and members of clubs. Um, so when it comes to the clubs that are around, and obviously they're all volunteers, they don't get paid for what they do, uh, what the junior league league need to do to be able to lift numbers within clubs or if we're going to have an influx with new development areas and housing areas for, for soccer and, um, and, and AFL players that might like to come across as well, we need to be providing more experiences. And that's yeah. not necessarily like, let's just go and get the first grade players down there. No, no, no. We've got to be able to provide a six, a seven, an eight, a nine, a ten, all the way through the grades with a Panther experience that says, you know what, each year I come back, something here's something to look forward to. Here are our standards and behaviours on sidelines and, and with our coaches and our trainers. Here's our safety and our education through... Who's going to look after your, your child when they're on the field and they and they do get injured? What's going to happen at training? You know, all these COVID plans that 
these secretaries and, and if not um, personnel at particular clubs have put in place of this 100-page document, if we've put in the most stringent COVID plans in literally rugby league history and they're executing them right now where all 24 clubs have been passed by local council and also the New South Wales governing body, at the end of the day, if we can just then add live on more experience for the kid, for the fun and the excitement of the boys and girls, I tell you what, saturation is not going to be the issue. We're going to have more clubs that need to pop up. Yeah. And it's all about that transition period. So we, we just need to get more volunteers. Uh, we need to attract them as much as we do the new players. And when those you know new housing areas pop up, we need to see if it's the right decision and it doesn't impact on the clubs that we've already got. Yeah, well, just talking about out at like out the back of McGrath's and that yep. um, pit town, like you got the Northwest Magpies. We do, yep. And that, so like, and I haven't had Razorbacks out there. Got Riverston yeah. out there now, and like that's one club that hopefully you can thrive again with all the new developments in their area because for a long time, Riverston was more like a country town. Yeah, great committee out there too. Um, real great club. They're, they've been very, um, uh, what would you, what's the word, very consistent uh, with their team numbers. You know, they hover around that 10 to 15. Um, and obviously with those new development and growth areas, those people that are coming into that area, I tell you what, whether it's the Magpies, whether it's Riverston, whether it's Quakers Hill, Three unbelievable clubs, three wonderful administrators from a, a secretary point of view. Their presidents are fantastic. Um, we're in a pretty cool place. We're, we've got some great people. You, met, you mentioned the 24 clubs uh, a lot. Um, in your opinion, do you believe that all 24 will survive to moving on to 2021? Yeah, I do. I do. And, and we've done a lot of work around financial, uh, not only capacity, but viability into the future. Um, we've directed not only a few plans within particular clubs to be able to make sure that getting through 2020 is easy. The biggest issue and what the, the Penrith Junior League Board's number one goal is, is 24 engines running November 1, 21. It's not about this year. It's about are there going to be government grants next year? Where's the sponsorship uh, level going to be? Is that going to drop off? Are there going to be you know, active kids vouchers? Where does rugby league sit come November 1, 2020? And the actual, the challenge is 24 clubs getting through 21. So once we do that, um, yes, we'll see the success and that's what our goal is. But the most important thing is we've set financial plans for those clubs that we're in a bit of financial um, trouble. We've been able to get them through this first phase. The next phase is the competition canteens now come back into play which is great um, they've already let their members know of whether they're having presentations or not and moving oh. forward so they're preserving their cash one november 2020 guaranteed there'll be 24 clubs running the key is getting through to november 1 21 and you touched on sponsorship there and a big congratulations mate there's a new sponsor on for penrith junior league you care to elaborate in a little bit more and give them a bit of a plug here yeah, sure. Uh, um, a Civil Australia a Construction Company, um, a, a wonderful man um, and, and husband and wife, uh, NASA Matter and, and Melissa Smith. Um, wonderful people that I met down in the Canterbury district. Um, they're, they're very, very grassroots, junior league orientated uh, people. Um, they actually give them a plug, the old St John's Club, in uh, the biggest in Canterbury. Yep. Um, not only do they support their club, and NASA's the president there as well. Um, he's he, well, I should say I'm very fortunate that 
the the drive and the vision that we have for the Penrith Junior League and amongst our clubs moving forward into the in the future, they're very very understanding of which meets their ethics and morals as well for them to come on board with such a, a large sponsorship. See, and that's pretty awesome, Nate, because like you and I've spoken about this before, uh, plenty of times when we've caught up. You've always said that uh, you want Penrith Juniors to be the brand. And you want to run it like a business. And so to get a business to come on board as a sponsor, that's not within the district, that's uh, so something to you and what you're doing with your vision for the Junior League. No, thank you. And and I think it's the collective buy-in from the, and I say the 24 clubs again, they're, they're buying into what we want to achieve. And that's provide better experiences and a great competition in Penrith that actually gives back, not take, take, take. It's a, it's a two-way street. And having sponsors like A-Civil, and uh, I have to give um, the New South Wales Community Rugby League Association uh, a huge plug as well. Um, they, they govern, obviously, our, our league. Um, they've provided a grant for us as well when you'll see... What time is it now? 5.34, so it's 6.07pm. <laughs> you, will, you will see breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> we love it, breaking um, news. With a, with a free opportunity for all volunteers this year, that the over it's a over twenty four thousand dollars spend right across the district that volunteers won't have to put their hand in their pocket for a brand new initiative that's not only a health and safety issue um, for our our uh, volunteers it's also a great thing from a professionalism and a branding point of view that when you come to Penrith there's standards and behaviours that we we love and that we abide by and the best thing is we're a competitive group that want to see our kids move forward and develop through the grades. So that's what we're trying to promote for our district, that if you're a soccer player, tennis player, or if you're blowing a trumpet, who cares? How about you come and try us and see what we're, we're all about? How's the, how's the numbers in regards to Junior Rugby League referees coming through? Have you been in contact with them and how they're ready to go for, for 2020? Yeah, fan, fantastic association led by Gary Haynes. Um, the recent meeting that we had with them, they have grown in numbers this year. Awesome. I think their numbers sit around about 120, 130. Um, the most important part of that referees association is obviously not losing members. The biggest thing that we can do with that is we, we, we need to stop the abuse of referees. Now, I know it's hard, and we've all done it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. uh, at various levels too, mind you. You know, we all <laughs> question decisions, and some people go over the top. Fife is the worst here. Is he? And he was a referee too. Hey, a, a fellow referee, a fellow referee is always going to be a referee's hardest critic because they know the rules. <laughs> now, you, you should see him when he goes to the under sixes, mate. Oh. Really? Get him out. Why did yeah. you lean back in the penalty? <laughs> he got him before I started. <laughs> Actually, no, that's a lie. I came, over, came over January this year. <laughs> don't give, don't give him his shields, mate. <laughs> he's all good. good he's but, all good. Yeah. I think the biggest thing about the referees, and, and this is for all districts, and you're obviously aware of the conference competitions. Yes. yes. The biggest thing for Penrith, we're, we're confident that we'll have a competition that's for us for a very long time to come. Okay? The biggest thing is we lose our referees. We don't have a competition. And guess what? You've got to play in conference competitions. So this week you'll be playing in Penrith. If we don't have the referees to administer our games, you'll be playing in Manly next week. Yeah. You'll be playing in, in Cronulla. Then you're going to come home. And then you're going to go and play in Canterbury. You're going to come home. Then you're going to go and play over in South Sydney, Comp. 
The fact is, if we don't have our referees on a continual basis growing, and the only way that we do that is we, we've got to support them. We have to be out there ensuring that, okay, if things don't go your way, we, we can't go and hammer them. We can't go and bag them because we don't have them. Johnny and Sarah, unfortunately, because we don't have the referees, next week we'll be playing in Manly. Yeah. And that's something that we're not going to have in Penrith if we get our standards and behaviours right and we just accept it. Sometimes referees are learning too. Yeah, and we um we done a post last year which gained a lot of traction. We're going to do it again this year when round one starts in July 18th. And, yeah, it's basically a story where two parents are sitting there and one parent is absolutely abusing the hell out of referee and the other parent goes... Where's your child? I want to abuse your child. And he goes, I want the first parent goes, no, you can't do that. And he goes, oh, you've been abusing my parent all, I've mucked it all game. And the first parent goes, oh, well, who's your kid? And he goes, the referee. There you so, go. So, you know, <coughs> things like that. And, you know, look, I started refereeing when I was an adult. <coughs> I was really thick skin. I had, you know, I had missing teeth, so they couldn't throw anything <laughs> at me that I hadn't already had. Yeah. So, well, well, I refereed a trial match uh, with Greenacre <laughs> and, um, and Glenmore Park in, in the pre-season. I'm um, a qualified ref. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was only a trial and I copped a flogging too. But, yeah, <laughs> nonetheless, um, we got through it. Yeah, no, I put my hand up to come back and do a bit of refereeing in, in between things, but because it's been so long, I think I have to do the framework one and two again. Um, so, gotcha. Whether or not they want me on the field or not, that's another question. <laughs> uh, Gary's your man. He's the one you get in touch yeah, with. Yeah, Hainsy, good guy. Yeah. Um, mate, shortened season. Have we got plans to make up for the rounds next year, make it maybe a 15-round competition, you know, more football? <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of more football. Um, there, there's no reason why there, there couldn't be extra rounds next year. Um, I, I think that what we've done this year and – um, whether it's something new from council, it's something I need to investigate. But obviously, if it stays the same as uh, as this year, where the winter season hire actually finishes on the sixth of September, it doesn't actually finish in August. Yep. Um, then there's an opportunity that we can play round robin games all the way through to that particular period where one or two extra rounds might be on the cards. Um, and then, and then um, obviously, you know, the selected grounds, obviously in finals. Um, that obviously don't have cricket pitches and so forth. Then they're obviously um, able to host our, our big time matches. So. From that perspective, yeah, I'd love to see an extra round or two put on. Conference play 16 rounds. Maybe maybe, maybe cut out some holiday <laughs> holiday weeks off. Oh, look, that, that's an option, and the clubs will decide that um, if they think that they need a break, you know, because the volunteers do go through a lot, you know, from week to week, um, and if not backing up Saturday and Sunday, depending how big your club is. So, um, you know, we've got to keep a, a close eye on the volunteer burnout as well. Um, and obviously if the parents want to play footy and they're not going on their... Their long weekends. Well, then you know the, the clubs will be known of that, and they'll let us know accordingly if um, that's an opportunity to extend as well. Maybe a maybe a survey of the new software might need to be happen over the off season to see what people are after in terms of the competition. Mm. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a long believer, especially with these new rules and guidelines that have been trialed out in Queensland, and they've gone off. They've gone off people who have left the game. Mm. I'm a strong believer of. Forget them if they've if they've gone from the game. It'd be nice to get them back, but you've got to service the, the thousands or thousands that you've got actually that are turning up week in, week out, year in, year out. You know, some people have been playing football since they're four and now they're 50 and, you know, they've got grandkids and they're 
So maybe a survey for the people who continue to put money into New South Wales Rugby League and more more importantly Penrith, mm. maybe a survey to see how many rounds they're they're happy to do, whether they're you know, and you know, you can have a question there about do you want the April holiday? Do you want the July holiday? Do you want the long weekend for for a queen who were not even who who's not even her birthday? Her birthday's in April, you know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe a survey could come out in terms and, and then that way you'd have a, a much clearer understanding of what yeah, and we've already drafted a survey as well. Um, that's going to cover a lot of aspects of not only our district but rugby league in general. So it's a good point you bring up, and, and that'll definitely be included in I'll it. I'll put my name right across the top, and all it will say is play more football, <laughs> cut the bullshit. Sign Fifey. Sign Fifey. You did mention cricket. What's the transparency like being with the Cricket Association? Uh, with myself directly, um, there hasn't been much, but through our clubs, fantastic. Um, a lot of credit to the cricket associations and two in particular, uh, one that plays out of the, the St. Clair uh, Pepper Tree Ground and also down at Carilla with Doonside. Um, they've been very, very accommodating to basically play away games um, so that when finals series are here, that those grounds have those opportunities to, to host um, in that particular environment. So um, to be fair and, and based... Yeah, to be fair, based on their attitude towards not only community sport, but understanding that the biggest hit has been in the winter period. Yeah. Um, for them to be that accommodating, you know, to be honest, thanks so much to cricket. Great job. So in terms of grand finals, and we've already said this about, you know, big stadiums and big experiences. Mm. But what we've noticed is a lot of clubs, smaller clubs, that don't have grounds that are shut off. Don't get finals, semi-finals, or anything like that. One being in, the main one is Cambridge Park <coughs> because of their location. You know, it's in the middle sure. of the town. Doug Rennie as well. Yeah, could there be <coughs> in the future, of course, and again, it comes down to planning, viability. Uh, could there be a, a way where you're able to apply to the council? For a temporary like road closure, in terms of <coughs> then that people can park down that way. You have a fence down at one end of the ground there, where people can't come in, and they've got to come in off off the road areas. And then that way they could maybe make a bit of canteen takings on the semi final if if it's viable enough. Is that is that an option that you could look at in, in future? That way, then all clubs can have a chance of hosting a final series, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's and that's our vision here with the board as well. You know, it's it's fairness and equality. It doesn't matter whether you're St Mary's with you know 58 teams or Katoomba with three teams. Uh, the most important thing is you're getting a, a fair and equal chance at playing rugby league, and whatever offerings that the junior league has, you're actually a part of that process and decision making as well. So, ab- absolutely, where where finals come along, and obviously not every ground gets finals. Um, during a, you know yeah. each season, but if we can have that roster rotation across, and and obviously there's um, there's a few you know moving cogs with that. You know, is there enough? Like you say, the roadblock stuff. Is there enough volunteers to be able to accommodate it? Maybe some clubs aren't interested in those because they find as though that during the season's enough for their volunteer base. So yeah, there's many moving cogs within it, but absolutely, we'd never deprive any club of wanting to host a final where we can. And the final question, mate. Sure. Uh, we've grilled you in a lot of things, a lot of laughs. <laughs> um, plans for 
Penrith moving forward after 2020. We'll, we'll get 2020 because we know it's a shortened season. It's a very tough season. What are the plans for Penrith 2021 in terms of where you want to be? We've already stated 1st of November 2021 is where you want to be with 24 teams or 24 clubs. Is there anything else that you want to work on? Maybe, you know, a bit more sponsorship, a bit more volunteer participation. Um, where do you see Penrith? Yeah, the, the two biggest things, and obviously a bit of the vision's changed being that, you know, we've moved into COVID times and we've had to restructure not only everything internally from an office perspective, but everything externally from a club's um, point of view, where they're going to have to go through a lot of structure and change in the off-season too to make sure that they're viable moving into the future, not just for 21. But I think the the vision for us and the focus right now, like you say, is November 1, 21, and the key thing is, is having 24 clubs there. The second biggest thing... Um, that complements that is Junior League buying in and the Panthers organisation buying into the Junior League with experiences that not only attract um, and and create a the opportunity for our existing participants to enjoy what we have to offer when we actually give back in experiences, but attracting new participants to our game and new volunteers that actually go... This is the place to play. Yeah. So they're, they're the two big things on the cards at the moment. I think there'll be a lot of other things that fall off the back of that. Um, but for now, if we don't have our focus on those two big things, I think we're missing the point because if if we create the experiences, the boys and girls will come back and play. We create the experiences, volunteers might be more excited to be a part of us. Yeah. Then all of a sudden we might have new participants from you know blowing trumpets and playing tennis and and the soccer and the AFL guys might play both. Yeah. So from there, it's then a case of, right, if we can get that in play as the first thing, November 1, 21, 24 clubs, okay, let's then move forward with a, a direction, a vision of what we want to achieve after that. Are you sticking around for our preview, bud? You got you got nowhere to go? You want to talk dribble love on to. the NRL? No, I'd love to. Let's talk NRL. I don't get to do it much. Awesome. So we'll be back very shortly, guys. Uh, there's another toilet break here. It's the host that needs to go and do a little bit of a toilet break. We'll be back in about oh, a minute. Welcome back, guys. So now we're going to go into preview the NRL Round 7. On Thursday, we've got the Panthers versus South. The Panthers' clash with South Sydney Rabbitohs has been moved to Nostrada Jubilee Oval following concerns about the playing service at Campbelltown Stadium. One of just two top eight matches on offer in Round 7. 
the impressive Panthers against the resurgent Rabbitohs. The Panthers at the moment have no changes. South's uh, Tom Amone is out for the season and James Robert replaces him on the bench. <coughs> yeah, tough go for uh, Tom Amone. He was really a really good uh, forward for, for South. And, you know, we, we always say, especially last year, we were saying they'll lean in the forward pack. Without him, dead. They're definitely pushing um, stocks for for the forward. I'm glad that there's no changes here for um, Penrith. So Penrith by plenty. Knife. Yeah, Penrith uh, one to twelve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I've picked the Panthers only because they've you know they bright brighten up me um, my predictions earlier on in the season. So we'll go from there. Um, we'll go on the, the first game Friday: Storm versus the Warriors. <coughs> Melbourne had a surprise loss to the impressive Panthers last week, but the Warriors are in a big hole, are making this, the shock decision to sack Stephen Kearney despite winning two of the four games since the return of COVID shutdown. Another game that has been moved in round seven um, due to the COVID breakout in Victoria. For the Storm, uh, Josh Adokar and Jerome Hughes come in, and then uh, Seve and Riley Jacks drop out. For the Warriors, obviously Todd Payton's first game in charge. Lawton covers the suspended Wade Egan at hooker. Jack Murchie starts for the injured Katoa in the second row. Ken Mamalo returns on the wing, and then Jared Bill is out of the 17. Uh, Chantel, Chantel ha- Harris Tavita and Asaya uh, Papali return on the bench. David Fusatua and Lachlan Burr are both um, named despite failing HIAs next week. Hey, Trev, how, how do we manage to get him to do the Warriors reading each week? He's hey, screwed. I didn't make a mistake then. <laughs> Chanel, not Chantel. Oh. Here we go. Who won the 20 bucks this time? <laughs> The final whistle It's a, it's a, it's a drop in there <laughs> Trev uh, Go go with the uh, your preview champ <laughs> yeah. So the next one uh, Roosters versus Dragons The Roosters have looked Near unbeatable Over the past four weeks While the Dragons Have had a pair of Morale boosting wins uh, The standard goes up uh, Big time This week uh, The Roosters James Tedesco Is named to play Despite last week's Head knock With uh, Sam Verrills And Lindsay Collins Replacing Satili uh, Tupanoa And uh, Mitchell Orbison On the bench while the Dragons, uh, Jason Sab replaces the suspended Jordan Pereira on the wing. Blake Laurie starts at prop. Josh Kerr goes to the bench. And Jackson Ford replaces Super League bound James Graham on the interchange. Uh, Fifey was, will be happy with Jason Saab coming on the wing. He's a yeah, same. I, I, I'm impressed with Jason. Yes, Saab's good. He's a, he's, a, he's, a great, he's a great talent there. There's talks that he wants out of his contract, so hopefully not because, you know, he'll be a steal for anyone. I don't think Teddy will play. I think Trent Robinson is probably um, the big believer in in resting players. Uh, so, you know, he, he's rest Orbison, he rests Rodrigo Hargraves, and I feel he'll rest Teddy. I don't think he – like they, I don't think they need to go out with um, a full squad here. They'll – They'll, they'll they'll dust up the dragons. Why is, in my um, opinion. why is every position available Orbo missing? Is, is there an injury, a, a Victor Sports injury that we missed here? Or I just think it's them moving. Rotating. I think the rotation, like Trent Robinson, but I also feel you know it's his last season too. So we want to obviously he wants to get the three hundred games. Even though he won't say that, he's only seven short. But I think it's them moving forward to the future because obviously how do you. How do you leave out Collins? Is probably the one most improved player in the NRL at the moment. Started on the bench, come through. He was, you know, in and out of the squad, off the bench, got suspended enough. But now he's playing consistent footy. And he's actually starting. So sometimes Takiyaho and Jared Wigger Hargraves do come off the bench. So it's it's it, he's got he's got it right there, Trent Robinson. Hey, Nath, could this uh this match here be another training 
match for uh, the Roosters. They've had two in the past three. This could be the third in the in the past month for training for Roosters. It, it could be, um, but but I'm of the view, and and obviously, you know, Robinson, he's very methodical in what he does. Yeah. You, you don't know from his training schedule from November, <laughs> and obviously going through COVID. Where, where's that uh, momentum at the moment? Where's that tempo? So is it a case that it, it is, is he going into download season? Is he basically he's going to ramp this up, you know? So I think at the present time it's going to depend on where they are structurally with their team and, and how that yearly plan is um, is in play. But I think the Roosters are all in comfortable. Well, the comps aren't one in June anyway, so what's the point of re- you know, risking Teddy now? He's going to need him on fire and all cylinders come September, October. Well, look what he did with... With Kiri last year, he could have come back from the concussion. But he said, no, no, we're, we're going to play the game here. We're going to stick to our process from November, which was that particular structure and tempo right through. All of a sudden, look what happens. Oh, yeah. Um, I've gone Roosters. Roosters by 40. Roosters. What's the next game here, uh, special co-host Nafe? <laughs> so we've got Saturday Cowboys versus the Knights. North Queensland won't have any shortage of motivation to improve after they conceded 34 first-half points in last week's loss to the West Tigers. Back at home after two weeks on the road, they have a great chance to make amends by challenging the high-flying Newcastle Knights. For the Cowboys, Ruben Cotter replaces Corey Jensen on the interchange, and for the Knights, Bradman Best has been ruled out after an inadvertently <laughs> breaching the NRL's COVID-19 protocols. Where do you think, boys? No, yeah. I'm still going to go with the Knights. Like Bradman Best, yeah, he's going to be a big loss for him. But uh, him, like, yes, he broke the rules. Uh, the only silly thing he didn't do was he just didn't get permission to sign off on it. Obviously, yeah, they had rights, but I think the Knights are will still win the game. Yeah, uh, Knights for me, <laughs> Cowboys. They didn't show enough. Uh, um, you know, look, will it be different? Oh, sure, it will be. Paul Green would have ripped them a new, a new asshole this week in training in terms of. You know, you got to show up not just for for forty minutes. <coughs> I was asked earlier today what type of halftime speech <coughs> would I have given to the Cowboys should um, you know should I had that chance at halftime because you they're already coming in being slaughtered on the field. You don't want to slaughter them even more. And you know, my response was, I would have just said simple. You know, you've got forty minutes to show me why you deserve to be in the seventeen next week. That's what I would have said. Simple as that. Um, so yeah, that's for me. Just on the halftime talk, I'm, I'm going to mention uh, Graham Murray here. I remember him telling me years ago when he was at the Roosters. He goes, "What's the point of going in there giving a team a spray if they're not going to give the effort? So why should you give the effort?" Yeah, hundred percent. And then there, uh, another coach I'll mention, Mark Horro. He says, as a coach. You only get one spray a season, so you've got to be careful when you use it because if you use it too early, you're not, you can't have another spray throughout the year. Yeah, no, well, yeah. What about you, Nathan? Where are you going with this one, mate? Cowboys or not? Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. Yeah. Um, I think one that they're back at home. I think Newcastle playing a great brand of footy. Obviously, just a little inconsistent when they played away from home against Melbourne last. I think travelling to the Cowboys is going to be a test of how they're going to travel on the road in, in, in far north and far south destinations. I think the Cowboys after a big loss last yeah, week. Yeah, and the, tra- the travel this year is yeah. <coughs> totally different. It's not turn up the day two before. It's on that plane at a certain time and then home that same night. <coughs> All right, moving on to the whoopee cushion match of the round. And I cannot believe this, boys. 
we have a Broncos game on a Saturday, not a Thursday or a Friday. So they've had an extra chance of resting an extra day because they get to play Saturday. Ten point ten day turnaround for them too. Yeah, so the Titans sit alone at the foot of the ladder, but their big brothers in Brisbane have been copping more scathing criticism after four consecutive losses. Both teams will be energised by a Queensland derby in front of up to 10,000 fans that are allowed to attend after the state government has eased their COVID-19 restrictions on Sunday. Now, New South Wales restrictions are going to be eased on the 3rd of July, uh, but Brisbane and Melbourne were going to do it on the same weekend, but now with the outbreak down in Melbourne, everything's been put on the uh, the old hold there. Uh, Niu starts a fullback with Jermaine Asako dropping to the bench. Um, Pat Carrigan and Tom Flegger are suspended. Joe Hoffman and Gowie starts at lock, and Jamil Hopawadi, Reese Kennedy join the interchange with Corey Pax uh, with a strained peck. He will not play this week. For the Titans, uh, Dale Copley replaces a young Tanamapia who's injured his knee in centre. Mitch Rain bumps Eric Clark out of the hooker role. And Sam Lasoni and Keegan Hipgrave are named to start with Jamin Jolliffe bench and um, <coughs> Mr. Anti-Vaxxer Bryce Cutright out of the 17. Jared Rollis also returns on the interchange. Trev, mate, how do we see this whoopee cushion match of the round going? It's going to be... <coughs> I don't mind these whoopee cushion games because they're exciting. Uh, both teams got a lot to play for. First and foremost, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, that's right. You don't know what you're going to get. But normally, like, it shows some uh, good footy normally. Like, obviously not the best as the top two teams would, but you'll sit normally see something good. I think the Broncos got a lot to play for. Uh, they've got a long, hard look at themselves. Obviously, the Titans as well. But, uh, mate... Whoever thought we'll ever be having a whoopee cushion game between two Queensland teams. It's good to see. Uh, there won't be 10,000, <laughs> up to 10,000, there'll be 20,000 because they've got two heads. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> there's, 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 there's talks uh, coming out of breaking news. I don't know how true it is, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, they only have one head. You're still taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He's done one earlier on. So. <laughs> no, no, in all fairness, not, no, no, no $20 bench here on the side. No, I think um, Anthony Milford has been dropped and did and comes in. That's the report. So we won't know until an hour before we kick off or there'll be more into that. But I'll go for Queensland. Only be... I'll go for... You're going for Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for the Broncos. Only because they got fans there. I think that does make a big difference uh, for the Broncos having supporters, and uh, and yeah, that'll, that'll help the Broncos. I bet you a Queensland team wins. <laughs> 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 you know, you know what's going to happen though. Eh? I'm going to be happy. There's going to be no fake crowd noises. <laughs> you actually hear refs away. Are they still going to stick the the cardboard cutouts and make it look a bit? And a bit more fancy. You know, probably use them as a uh, separation. Yeah, 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 I think every every second or third chair is going to have a. A 2D version. You know what I'm going to find real funny? And I'll absolutely crack up if a fan is sitting in the seat and next right to him is his cardboard cutout. <laughs> Can we see a double? That'd be a stitch up. <laughs> but uh, the, the one that Blake Ferguson, he's going for HIA as well. <laughs> yeah, true. Hey. Hammered him. 
Yes, oh, having a double, didn't he? Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> so hopefully they pass protocols and they'll be able to play junior rugby league in a couple of weeks too. <laughs> so guys, the next yeah. game we Broncos have... for me, sorry, Trip. Broncos, sorry, right, mate. Yeah, Broncos 13 plus for me. <laughs> 13 plus. Oh, get on that one, boys and girls. I've got inside mail here and I think there's been a... Inside mail. Inside mail, here we go. A big rocket that's been sent to respective people. And I Is think, it um, up their asses and tell them to play harder? No, 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 just a, a rocket into the sheds, you know. Yeah, so is it scattered? Is that like, breaking news? <laughs> <laughs> it's only breaking if they win thirteen plus. That's yes. right. So we'll move on now, guys. Uh, Eels versus the Raiders, the two teams regarded as serious title contenders this year, go head to head with each other, coming off uh, tough losses in round six. Uh, the Eels, Nathan Brown, is out after receiving the two match suspension at the judiciary on Tuesday night. Uh, they haven't named his replacement. Uh, Brad Takarangi replaces uh, Penny Terrapo on the Parramatta bench. Kane Evans was set to return from suspension, but has suffered a calf injury, and the Raiders will remain unchanged. Yeah, this uh, was my... Um, sorry, Trevor, I'll just come in. This was the two teams that I fought were uh, grand final teams. Um, but after the Penny Panthers last week, I'm one of the uh, readjust who I think is in the grand final or, or in that bubble. Um, I think Murata Nakora... We'll get the, the, the nod there for, for Locke. Um, and then uh, Dan, Daniel Navarro will come in onto the bench, I think. Um, I've tipped Parramatta. I liked their showing last week against Roosters. And, you know, it was only the last 15 minutes where they went down. It doesn't help when you have a player suspended. I mean, not suspended, Simbin. So, Parramatta for mine. What about you, Nath? Yeah, I think the Raiders. Um, I I think the Raiders because I think Parramatta have, have not only played really well. I, I think I think they need a break. They looked a bit tired at the back end of that game. Um, I think that they've, they've as I say the effort and consistency has been phenomenal. And obviously, you know, in the NRL, you can't keep it up for long periods of time over certain weeks. So, I think. Um, I think looking a bit tired last week, I think it's going to bring them back to the pack a bit. And I think the Raiders will get a bit of mojo. Also, the old Battle of the West egg, I think, sticks there too. Most Penrith people don't go for power because <laughs> of the Battle of the West. <laughs> what about you, Dale? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, Ra- the Raiders are sitting ninth and they're like, they all like, oh, they're not back from a – there's been no grand final hangover. But it's been a, um, a, COVID, it's been a COVID hangover. So I feel, I feel for them, but – it's either they got to start now or never for me. They've got some winnable games in the next couple of weeks and hopefully that Ricky Stewart can, can kick them on for and build momentum now going into you know, the bat whole halfway through the season at the moment. On to the next game, mate. Yes, Sunday, Manly versus the Sharks. Manly will limp into the latest instalment of their famous rivalry with Cronulla after injuries to key men Tom Trebojevic and Dylan Walker. But as they showed in beating the Raiders after the pair went down last, both the pair went down last weekend. The Sea Eagles can never be discounted. Manly, Tom Trebojevic with a hamstring, Dylan Walker with the ankle are out, and Brendan Elliott moving to fullback with Lachlan Croker to five eight, George Tafua returning to the wing, and Martin Tapao back from injury in the front row. Cade Cust joins the interchange bench. Sharks are unchanged. What do you think, gents? May yeah. I have to. Give a shout out to Cade Cust, mate. He's a, he's a champion bloke. Deserves to be playing first grade, and he won't disappoint. And I, I, I'm going to go Manly. Lachlan, Lachlan Croker, he'll be, he'll be interested to get that, that six spot back. I think he started well, when he first came over to Manly. He started there, and then he lost it to got an injury. Then he lost it to Dylan Walker. But it was it's good thing to come back. So they lose some plays and they get some back. So, but you know, for me, that Tom Tavoyevich is a big out um, for us. And so I don't think you know Brendan Walker. Uh, 
Did you just say for us? us? Yeah, you were Manly. Yeah, you're Manly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Manly. <laughs> what undies have you got on today? Manly or Newcastle? <laughs> but I still feel they'll be too strong for the Sharks, in my opinion. The Sharks are too hot and cold, up, down, up, down for me. Yeah, Manly. Manly for mine. Which one is it? Well, I'm doing the last game here? Oh, course, is the last game? Yes, of course. Dogs and Tigers. And uh, it's not often that a team will post six tries in, a fir- in one half and then still walk off at the field at full time as winners. <coughs> um, and that's what happened last week with the Tigers. They scored six tries in the first half and nothing in the second half. Penalty goal. Yeah, nothing, nothing in the second half, and they still won. They'd be filthy on themselves that they couldn't go the full eighty minutes against um, against the Cowboys, and they'll be out to make sure that they go eighty minutes against the Bulldogs. And Maguire will be demanding more emphasis on defence. Uh, for the Bulldogs, uh, they just need to just turn up. You know, they almost had that game last week, and that's all Dean Bay will be asking for the Bulldogs is to turn up. For the dogs, uh, Kieran Holland replaces the suspended Christian Crichton in the back line and Jack Cogger joins the interchange. West Tigers have had a few changes due to the uh, the goat track out there at Campbelltown having too much games in the last few weeks. Tommy Talao replaces Robert Jennings, who injured his hamstring on the win. Oliver Clark replaces Zane Musgrove, who uh, injured his foot at prop. And I've got to say, he had a good game last week. Uh, I wonder what he was paying for first try score, that's for sure. Would have been a good little um, coin. And now uh, Matt Eisenhuth starts to lock for Alex Twell uh, with Elijah Taylor joining the bench. Nathan? Yeah, dogs 1-12 to 12 for myself. Um, they're, they're a lot of muscle. They're a lot of grit. Um, they mightn't have the, the, the talent or the, the cattle to you know execute a full 80 minutes, but I think... Um, yeah, they're, they're a great club. They'll keep fighting, and um, it's evident, like you mentioned earlier, that they haven't had a spoon in who knows how long, and yeah. I don't uh, intend on seeing them doing that either. So I think they'll get the chocolates here. If I picked the dogs only because the West Tigers got those mounting injuries. Interesting that Benji didn't come back either as well, so we'll more to come from that. But the dogs are building something. They've been in games. You know, they haven't. They only got flogged by Manly once, and they've been in it like you know under under one to twelve in most matches. So if they get the if they get the rub of the green and get some bounces going their way, this is my upset for the round. I'm, I'm going for the dogs. Yeah, I've gone Tigers. Uh, I feel that they've got, well, as we've seen. A lot of points in them They've just got to work their defence If they can come out and do the same thing in attack But then better their defence The dogs are in for a long night Trev? Yeah with this game It's going to be a tight <coughs> one uh, Harry Grant's going to be crucial for the West Tigers uh, But I, I honestly believe the dogs can do it Like They haven't been playing bad football They've been turning up every week And they've been making sure teams like Have to play for the win And the West Tigers they just uh, been a little bit too inconsistent, but uh, I, I think, uh, like Nave said, dogs one to twelve. Good odds too, four bucks. Yeah, no, very, very good. Um, very I'm good. Not allowed to bet. No bet. No betting. Well, Nave, we mate, we'd like to thank you for coming. Uh, no, thanks for having us. It's been what we've had two two general managers managers for junior league clubs on in four days, so it's so we're starting to assert, you know. Our, our authority here on the junior league side of things in terms of making sure that we're reporting the proper stuff and we're not feeding any any fires. Um, so you know, thanks thanks again for for sticking around for the uh, preview. Uh, I appreciate it, mate. 
His Fu- name's Nathan, not Two point oh. Nathan, inside yeah. joke. So if you see him out on the ground. He's it is Nathan. We're just giving him shit here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So guys, um, who do listen to the pod, make sure you get onto our page. We've got a couple of competitions that are going to be dropping. One of them includes tickets to the game next weekend. Tigers v Penrith. Give it a bit more. They're not just tickets, mate. What are they? They're corporate tickets. Corporate go. tickets up it's in the box. Exclusive. Up in the box <laughs> with us. <laughs> we got some breaking, breaking news of our own. We got TFW breaking news. <laughs> Forget the junior league breaking news. We got TFW breaking news, and 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 that's thanks to our new sponsor, Victor Dave Dave down there at Alexandria. Um, you know they they've come on board and they've come on board in a big way. We can't be more thankful of um of all our sponsors. Um, you know, David being the newest one, but the others that we've got as well is HQ Services, Electrical and Air Conditioning. Luke and Jakey there, they are they do a lot of good aircon and, and electrical, and there will be a special podcast only special happening in the next week or two with them. You have to listen in to get that one. PNS dumpers, if you need to get rid of skip bins, um, and any uh, well any other rubbish around the house, and uh, you know dead weight, and <laughs> there's a bin there for it. Our sports medals, guys. Um, <coughs> Michael up at uh, Gold Coast, he's done a deal. Forty five bucks. You spend uh, forty five bucks, you get ten medals. There's ten rounds, so ten medals, and it's free shipping Australia wide. Um, last last count, guys, fifteen, sixteen people have already jumped on that bandwagon and used a special code there, TFW twenty. And Sonali, Damien there at Sonali for his um, con- you know, his continuous support of us uh, of late, getting our our new shirts out. So there'll be new shirts there. We'll be giving some of them away, but more importantly, we're going to have a, a great deal there for you guys to actually be able to buy our shirts. And for more information, you can listen to our podcast on the Anchor app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hit us up on Facebook at www facebook.com forward slash the final whistle RL Instagram handle is the final whistle underscore RL or you can email us on the final whistle RL at hotmail.com thank you all for listening and good night and that's the final whistle <laughs>